Chapters 17 and 18 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 1 by Palladius. Translated by E. A. Wallace Budge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 17 The History of the Two Exalted and Excellent Men, Macarius the Egyptian, the Disciple of Mar Abba Anthony, and Macarius the Alexandrian. Concerning the Holy and Immortal Fathers, that is to say, Macarius the Egyptian and Macarius the Alexandrian, who were men to be feared and who were invincible athletes, and concerning the strife of their life and deeds and conversation, it is exceedingly right and good that we should tell the story. Perhaps it will not be accepted by the unbelievers, and therefore I find it difficult to relate their history and to set it down completely in writing, lest by so doing I should be accounted a liar and that the Lord destroyeth those who speak falsehood, the Holy Spirit maketh clearly manifest. Now as I myself do not put to the lie the help of Christ, do not thou, O Lausius, thou believer in men, become an unbeliever in the triumphs of the Holy Fathers, which are spoken of, but adorn thyself more and more with the deeds and conversation of these glorious men, who were in very truth, even as they were called, blessed men. The athlete of Christ, the first Macarius, was by race an Egyptian, and the second Macarius, although he was second to him in the matter of age, was nevertheless first in the opinion of the monks or solitaries. And this man, whose name also was Macarius, which is interpreted blessed, was from the city of Alexandria, and he was one of those who sold dried fruit and wine. In another manuscript I have found a different version of the history of the two Macarii, which I have used in the preparation of this history, and I set this down here also. Now it reads as follows. And, as concerning the two blessed men whose names were the same, inasmuch as the rule of life and conversation were of an exceedingly exalted character, perhaps many will believe what I write. I, however, am afraid, lest I may understate and belittle their triumphs in any way whatsoever, and lie concerning them, for it is written, Thou wilt destroy those who speak falsehood. Psalm 12.3 The Holy Spirit has passed this sentence upon me, therefore. O beloved and faithful men, believe ye me. Now one of these two blessed men was an Egyptian by race, and the other was an Alexandrian, who sold dried fruits. First of all, I will tell the story of the ascetic excellences of Macarius the Egyptian, the whole of whose years were ninety. He was thirty years old when he went up to the desert, and he lived therein for sixty years, and he was given the gift of performing mighty deeds to such a remarkable manner that he was called by the fathers the aged youth, because straightway and quickly he ascended to the highest grade of ascetic excellence and gifts, and to the power of interpreting the scriptures, and to spiritual foresight, and the gift of possessing power over devils was also given to him and he was also esteemed worthy of the priesthood. With this blessed man there lived in the further or inner desert, which is called Sket, two disciples. One of these was his servant, for many folk were wont to come unto him to be healed, and the other remained always in a cell, which was nigh unto Macarius. And when much time had passed by, Macarius looked and said unto him that ministered unto him, now his name was John, and he afterwards became the elder in the place of the blessed man. He answered, I say, and I said unto him, 
Hear me, O John, and receive the rebuke with which I rebuke thee. For thou art suffering temptation, and behold, the spirit of the love of money, i.e. avarice, tempteth thee. For even so have I seen, and I know that if thou wilt listen unto me, thy end in this place shall be praised, and no harm shall draw nigh unto thy habitation. But if thou wilt not hearken unto me, because of the love of money which moveth thee, the leprosy of Gehazi, Second Kings 5.27, shall come upon thee at the end. And it came to pass some fifteen or twenty years after the death of the blessed man, John forgot his commandment, and because he used to steal from the poor, his body became so covered with leprosy that there was not in the whole of it one sound spot, large enough for a man to lay his finger upon. Thus the prophecy of the blessed Macarius concerning John actually came to pass. Now if we were to attempt to describe the food and drink of the holy man, we should do what is superfluous, because among the thoughtless monks who lived in that place, there was not to be found any one thing which could lead to excess, either in eating or drinking, first because of the poverty of the spot, and secondly because of the divine zeal which they display towards each other. But I may mention his sad and stern habits of self-denial in various other ways, and they relate concerning him that he was at all times in a state of wonder at some divine vision, and that he used to become like a drunken man by reason of some hidden vision, and that his mind was more often exalted unto God than it was concerned with the things which are in this world, and those which are under the heavens. And as concerning the wonderful things which God wrought by his hands, it is not seemly that we should keep silence. And of him the following marvelous things are told. A certain Egyptian loved another man's wife, but since he was not able to incite her to love him, and to make her yield to his will, he spake unto a certain magician, saying, Make this woman to love me, or employ thy sorcery in some way, so that her husband may hate her and cast her out. Now when the magician had received money not a little, he made use of his sorceries, and he made the woman to appear in the form of a mare. And when the husband went into his house from outside and saw her, astonishment seized him at the sight of a mare lying upon his bed. Then he lifted up his voice in a sorrowful cry, and he wept tears and heaved sighs, and he spake with her, but she made no reply unto him, and she answered him not a word. And having seen what had taken place, he went to the elder of the village, i.e., the Sheikh al-Balad, and told him concerning this matter, and brought him, and took him in, and showed him what had happened. And for a space of three days he knew not what the matter was, for the mare neither ate dried grass like an animal, nor did she partake of bread like a daughter of man, and she did without food of either kind. Finally, however, in order that God might be glorified, and a miracle might also be made manifest at the hands of the blessed Macarios, and his spiritual perfection be made known, and entered into the mind of the man who was the woman's husband to take her to the desert to the blessed Macarios. And having saddled her like a mare, and thrown over her a halter like an animal, he led her away and departed to the desert. And when the man arrived at the cell of the blessed Macarios, the brethren who were standing by the side of the cell of the blessed Macarios saw him, and they wanted to keep back the husband of the woman, and strove with him, saying, Why hast thou brought this mare into the desert? 
And the man said unto them, That she may receive mercy and be healed. And they said unto him, What aileth her? And he answered and said unto them, She is a woman who hath been suddenly transformed into a mare. And behold, she hath eaten no food for three days. Then the brethren went and told the blessed Macarios what the matter was. And when they came to inform him, they found him standing inside his cell and praying for her. For God had already revealed this matter unto him, and he was praying for the woman. And the holy man Macarios answered and said unto his disciples, Ye are mares which have the eyes of horses, but that mare is a woman. She hath not changed from her nature of a woman, except in the sight of those who have made a mistake. And that she appeareth as a mare is only an error of the sight of those who see her. Then the blessed man took water and blessed it, and he threw it over her head, and it ran down all over her body. And the blessed man prayed, and straightway he made her to appear in the form of a woman to every man. Then he gave her some sacramental bread, and made her to eat it before every man. And then he sent her away healed with her husband. And they departed from him rejoicing and praising God. And the blessed man exhorted the woman, and said unto her, Be not at any time remote from the church, and deprive not thyself of the holy mysteries. For all these things which have happened unto thee, because for five weeks thou didst not partake of the offering. Let us now speak about his other excellences, and also of his sad and stern habits of self-denial and the other particulars. Now because the large numbers of people who came to be blessed by him gave him much trouble, he thought out the following plan in his mind. He dug out a passage or trench in his cell, which was about twenty measures in width, and he made from it a tunnel of considerable length, and extended it from his cell to a distance of half a mile. At the place where the passage came to an end, he made above the end of it a small cave, and when large numbers of people came to him and troubled him, he used to leave his cell secretly and pass along hidden by the tunnel, and hide himself in the cave, where no one could find him. Now he used to do this whenever he wished to escape from the vain praise or glory of the children of men. And one of his most strenuous disciples told us, saying, As he was going from his cell to the cave, he used to recite four and twenty antiphons, and as he was coming back, four and twenty also. And whenever he went from his cell to the church, he used to pray four and twenty prayers during his passage thither, and four and twenty as he was coming back. And moreover, they say that he gave life to a dead man in order that he might convert a certain heathen who did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And this was spoken of throughout the desert. Once a certain unmarried man who was vexed by an evil devil was brought unto Macarios, being carefully fettered by two other men, and his mother had caused him to be brought unto him. Now the devil used to act upon him in the following manner. After he had eaten three baskets of bread and drunk three bottles of water, he used to vomit and scatter the bread and water in the air in the form of smoky vapor. And in this wise his food and his drink were consumed in waste, even as anything which is cast into the fire is consumed. Now there are certain kinds of devils which are called fiery, for there are varieties among devils, even as there are among men, in disposition if not in nature. And inasmuch as his mother had not that wherewith to satisfy him, he used to eat his own offal and drink his own water. 
and his mother besought the blessed man with tears on behalf of her son. And Macarius took him and prayed over him, and entreated God on his behalf. And a day or two after he had healed him of his trial, the blessed man cried unto the mother of the young man, and said unto her, How much hath thou need of for the food of one day for him? And she said unto him, Ten pounds of bread. Then he rebuked her and said, Thou hast said too much. And after seven days Macarius made the young man so that he needed to eat three pounds only, which was sufficient for him to work upon and live. Now this miracle God wrought by the hand of the blessed Macarius, whose soul now sojourneth with the angels. I never saw this man, for he died one year before I entered the desert. Chapter 18. The History of Macarius the Alexandrian, the Glorious. As for the other Macarius, the Alexandrian, I did see him, for he was an elder in the place which is called the Cells, wherein I myself lived for nine years, and he lived for three years after I entered therein. Some of his wonderful acts I myself have seen, and some of them I have learned from others, and of others I have also heard rumors. Now his sad and stern life of self-denial was as follows. Whatsoever he heard of any beautiful deed being done by any man whatsoever, he must straightway carry it into practice in a fuller form. He once heard from a certain man that all the brethren of Tabena never tasted any food whatsoever, which had been cooked by fire during the whole of the forty days' fast. And he straightway determined within himself that for seven years he would not eat any food which had been cooked by fire, and that he would not partake of anything except wild herbs and vegetables which had been made soft by soaking in water or similar things. And when he had completed this rule of life, he heard of a monk in a certain monastery who only ate one pound of bread each day. And he straightway broke his bread into pieces and cast it into a vessel with a narrow mouth. And he determined within himself that he would eat nothing that his hand could not draw up out of the vessel the first time he put it in. And time after time he used to tell the story with a smile and say, When I put my hand down, I could fill it readily, but I could not draw it up because of the mouth of the vessel was too narrow, and it would not let me take it out full. Now he lived this hard life for three years, and ate daily only four or five ounces of bread, and of water also he only drank sufficient to enable him to eat his bread. Of oil he took only one flask each year, making use of it only on the great first day of the resurrection, and on the great day of Pentecost, and at the Nativity, and at the Epiphany, and when he received the mysteries during the forty days' fast. I will tell also of the various other practices of his sad, hard life. He determined once to vanquish sleep, and it is related that he never entered under a roof for twenty days, and that he was burnt up by the exceedingly great heat of the sun at noonday during all this time, and that during the nights he was without rest, as he himself told us. Had I not quickly gone in under a roof and slept, and rested myself, the brains in my head would have dried up, and I should become like a drunk man. But he would say, I have never conquered against my will, for although the nature of the body hath been overcome, I have given it what it needed. And again, once when he was sitting in his cell, 
a gnat bit him in the leg, and he suffered pain, and he crushed the gnat in his hand and killed it. Then straightway he despised himself because he had avenged himself upon the gnat, and he passed upon himself the sentence that he should go to the place which is called Sket, that is to say, the inner desert, and sit there naked for six months. For there were many great gnats, i.e. mosquitoes there, and they were so savage that they could pierce the skins of pigs, and they resembled wasps, and his whole body was so eaten and swollen that a man would have thought that he had the hide of an elephant. And when he came back to his cell six months later, they could only recognize from his voice that he was Macarius. And again he desired greatly to go and see the garden of Janes in Jambres, the magicians of Egypt, because, as he himself told us, they had obtained power and riches and dominion, and had built there a tomb, and had established there great works in marble. Now their tomb was ornamented with many things, and they had also placed there gold and things of a marvelous character, and trees and plants, for the place had been made into a garden, and they had also dug a well there. Now because Macarius did not know the way, he observed the course of the stars, and traveled thereby, and thus he journeyed through the open desert as upon the sea, and he took with him also a bundle of thin reeds, and at the end of each mile he used to drive a reed into the ground like a rock, so that he might be able to find the way when he had to come back. And when he had journeyed for nine days, and had drawn nigh the place wherein was the tomb, the evil one who always wageth war against the athletes of the Lord, gathered together all the reeds which the blessed man Macarius had driven into the ground, and put them under his head for a pillow whilst he was asleep. When he was about one mile from the garden, and when the blessed man woke up, he found the reeds. Now it is probable that God permitted this thing to happen for his own glory and for the triumph of his servant so that Macarius might not put his confidence in reeds, but upon God, who by means of a pillar of cloud led the children of Israel in the desert for forty years. And Macarius told us, saying, Seventy devils came forth against me from that garden, and they flew about before my face like ravens. And they were crying out and groaning, saying, What seekest thou here, O Macarius? What seekest thou, O monk? Why hast thou come hither? Thou cannot not stay here. And I said unto them, I only want to go in and see the garden, and then I will depart. And I entered therein, and I saw everything. And I found hanging over the well an iron chain with a brass bucket. And they were rusted through age, and the pomegranates which were therein were dried up and burnt by the sun. And having seen the garden, he turned and came back in twenty days. Now when he was coming back, he lacked water and the bread also which he had carried was finished, and he was nigh to perish, and was in great tribulation through thirst, when suddenly he saw a damsel who was arrayed in a spotless linen garment, and who carried a pitcher of water wherefrom water dripped, and she was distant about half a mile from him. Then he followed her for three days, thinking that he would overtake her and drink, but he did not do so although she seemed to him to be standing still in one place and bearing a pitcher. Then he despised the obtaining water to drink, and was brought very low, when suddenly there appeared unto him there a herd of buffaloes. 
and among them there was one which had with her a little suckling calf, and she stood still before him, and he drew nigh and sucked milk from her. And she came with him through all the desert, even until his cell, and gave him milk to drink, and she would not let her calf suck from her in those days. And on another occasion the brethren were digging a well in a certain place which was called Thronon, when a serpent which belonged to the class of deadly serpents bit him. Then Macarius took hold of the serpent with his two hands by his upper and lower lip, and grasping him tightly, tore him in twain, from his head even unto his tail, and said unto him, Since Christ did not send thee, why didst thou dare to come here? Now the blessed man had four cells in the desert, one in Sket, in the inner desert, one in Libya, one in the cells, and one in Mount Nitria. Two of these were without windows, and in them he used to dwell in darkness during the forty days' fast. Another was so narrow that he could not stretch out his legs, but another, wherein he used to receive the brethren who came unto him, was wide and spacious, and he healed so many people who were possessed by devils that no man could count them. Once, when I and the blessed Evagrius were there in his cell, they brought unto him from Thessalonica a certain virgin who had been a paralytic for many years, but by means of prayers and by anointing her with oil with his hands, he cured her in twenty days, and sent her away whole to her city and home. And when she had departed, she sent to him gold and goods of various kinds. And again he heard from a certain man that the monks of the monastery of Tibena lived stern lives of self-denial. And he took counsel with himself, and put on the garb of a young man and a husbandman. And in fifteen days he went up to the monastery of the broken ones, by the way of the desert, and came to the monastery of Tabena, seeking to see the head of the monastery, whose name was Pacomius. Now Pacomius was a man elect and perfect, and he had the gift of prophecy, but the business of the blessed Macarios was hidden from him. And when Macarios saw him, he said unto him, Abba, I beseech thee to receive me into thy monastery, that I may be a monk therein. Pacomius said unto him, Thou art an old man, and art not able to fast. The brethren are men who fast, and thou canst not endure their labors. And because thou art not able to do this, thou wilt be offended, and thou wilt go forth and wilt abuse them. And he would receive them neither the first day, nor the second day, nor any day, until seven days were passed. But since he remained fasting throughout all these days, he said unto the head of the monastery, Abba, receive me, and if I do not fast like unto you, and toil as ye do, command them to cast me out. So the head of the monastery persuaded the brethren to receive him. Now the number of the members of the brotherhood of that monastery were four hundred men, and they are thus even unto this day, and they brought in Macarios. And when a few days had passed, the forty days' fast drew nigh, and Macarios saw that large numbers of the brethren kept the fast and observed the rule of the house in various ways. There were some who ate daily at eventide, and some who fasted for some nights, and there were also some who ate once in five days, and some stood up the whole night through, and sat down in the daytime. And the blessed man Macarios took a large quantity of leaves of date palms 
and brought them to his cell, and he stood up in the corner thereof, and he neither touched bread nor water, nor bent the knee, nor lay down, until the forty days had passed, and the days of unleavened bread had come. But each Sunday he used to eat a few moistened cabbage leaves, so that he might pretend to be taking food. Whensoever he went outside his cell for a needful purpose, he returned straightway, and stood up in his place, without speaking a word unto any man. And he stood in his place, and held his peace. And he used to do nothing else except pray within himself. And as he stood up, he wove rope of the palm leaves. And when all the brethren saw him, they made a tumult against the head of their monastery, and said unto him, Whence hast thou brought upon us this man, who hath no body, and who is incapable of being tired out, to judge us and to take vengeance upon us? Either send him away, or let him depart, or know that we will all go away. Now when the head of the monastery had heard from the brethren concerning the fasting of Macarios, and his rule of life, he prayed to God, and entreated him to reveal to him who this man was, and it was revealed unto him by God. Then he went and took him by his hand, and brought him to the house of prayer, and the place where the altar was established. And he answered and said unto him, Come, O blessed old man, thou art Makarios, and thou hast hidden thyself from me. For many years past I have earnestly desired to see thee, and now I thank thee that thou hast broken the heart of the brethren somewhat, so that they may not imagine any longer that they observe their fast with excessive rigor. Go then in peace to thy place, for in no slight measure hast thou edified us, and do thou continue to pray for us. Then Pacomius, having persuaded him, Macarius departed from thence, and Macarius used to say, Every kind and variety of rule of the life of self-denial and fasting, which I have desired to observe with all my heart, have I kept. But there came upon me the desire that my mind should be with God in heaven, if only for five days, and that I should be exalted above the anxious cares and thoughts of material things. And having meditated upon this thing, I shut the door of the courtyard and of the cell, and I constrained myself so that I might not give a word to any man. And I continued thus, and I began to fulfill this thought on the second day of the week. And I commanded my mind and said unto it, Thou shalt not descend from heaven, for behold, there thou hast angels, and the prince of angels, and all the hosts which are in heaven, and especially the good and gracious God, the Lord of all. Thou shalt not come down from heaven, and continuing thus I was sufficient for this thing for two days and two nights, and I constrained the evil one to such a degree that he became a flame of fire, and burnt up everything which I had in my cell. And at length the very mat upon which I stood blazed with fire, and I thought that I should be wholly consumed. Now when finally fear of the fire took hold upon me, my mind came down from heaven on the third day, because I was unable to keep my mind collected in the state in which it had been. And I came down to the contemplation of the world and the things thereof, and this happened so that I might not boast. And on another occasion I went to his cell, and I found a priest lying there by the side of the door. His whole head was consumed, and was eaten into holes by the disease which is called cancer, and the bone of his skull was showing through. Now this man had come unto him to be healed, but Macarios did not wish to see him. 
And I myself besought the blessed man, and said unto him, I beseech thee to have mercy upon him, and to give unto him a word. Then he answered and said unto me, He is not worthy to be healed, for this punishment was sent upon him from God. But if thou desirest that he shall be healed, persuade him to forsake the ministration at the altar, for he used both to be a minister at the altar and to commit fornication, and for this reason he was punished. Persuade him then to forsake his ministrations, and God will heal him. And having said these things to the sick man, he pledged himself and swore an oath, saying, I will never minister at the altar again. And afterwards Makarios received him, and said unto him, Dost thou believe that God existeth? And the priest said unto him, Yea, master. And again Makarios said unto him, Peradventure thou art able to scoff at God. And the priest said unto him, Nay. Then the blessed man said unto him, If now thou dost acknowledge thy folly, and also that thy punishment was from God, and that it was fitting punishment for thy deeds, first of all confess thy transgressions. And the priest gave a promise that he would not sin again, and that he would not minister at the altar, but that he would lead a life which was suited to the capacity and grade of those who were in the world. And Makarios laid his hand upon him, and in a few days he was made whole, and the hair grew upon his head again. And he went to his house, healed whilst I was looking at him. And again a certain young man, who had had an evil devil, was brought unto him, and he laid one hand on the head of the young man, and another on his heart. And he prayed until he made the devil to rise up in the air. Whereupon the young man breathed out his breath, and became like a great empty skin bottle. And he suddenly uttered a cry, and water flowed out from all parts of his members, and he was made whole, and became as he was before the devil entered into him. Then Makarios anointed him with the oil of the martyrs, and commanded his father that he was not to taste flesh or wine for forty days until he was thoroughly healed. And again on a certain occasion, Certain thoughts of vainglory vexed him, and urged him to go forth from his cell, and to depart and heal the multitudes in Rome, and to give assistance unto those who were lying there sick, for the grace and might of God were inciting him greatly to heal those who were possessed of devils, and to make whole those who were diseased. But although he was much disturbed in his mind on this matter, yet he was not persuaded to go for the evil one greatly pressed upon him in his thoughts. Finally, however, he lay down inside the door of his cell, and having set his legs or feet on the threshold, he cried out and said, Pull unclean devils, pull hard, for I will never go thither on my legs, and if you are able to carry me, you must do so thus. And he took an oath to them, i.e. the brethren, saying, I continue to lie thus until the evening, and if he had not lifted me up, I should never have moved from my place. And when the evening had come, he stood up. And again, on another occasion, when these thoughts were mounting up in his mind, he filled with sand a basket which held two or three bushels, and lifting it up on his shoulders, he began to wander about with it in the desert. And his kinsman, Theosibus the Antiochian, met him and said unto him, what art thou carrying on thy shoulders, father? Tell me, so that I may carry thy load, and that thou mayest not toil thyself. And he said unto him, 
I am making to work that which hath made me to work, for it wisheth to go forth from its state of rest, and it fatigueth me. And having walked about for a long time, he went into his cell, having exhausted his body. And one day there laid hold upon me the chills of fever, and I went and sat down and watched him from the window, or opening in the wall, in the feebleness of his old age. And I was thinking about him, that he was like unto one of the brethren of old. And I began to listen unto him, that I might see what he was saying, or what he was doing. Now he was alone inside his cell, and he was one hundred years old. And moreover, his teeth had fallen out by reason of his old age. And I listened unto him, and to what he was saying. And he was striving with his soul and with Satan. And he was saying unto himself, What dost thou wish for, O thou wicked old man? Behold, thou hast eaten oil, and thou hast drunk wine. What more dost thou wish for? Wouldst thou eat Satan's white food? And he was reviling himself. And moreover, he said unto Satan, I cannot conquer thee in any wise, and thou art not able to do anything unto me. Get thee gone from me. And again he said unto himself, How long shall I be with thee? And moreover, Paphnutius, the disciple of this man, related unto myself and unto the blessed Avagrius, saying, One day a female hyena took her whelp, which was blind, and came and knocked with her head at the door of the court, when he was sitting therein, and she dropped the whelp at his feet. And he took up the whelp and prayed, and spat in its eyes, and straightway its eyes were opened, and it saw, and its mother gave it suck and then took it up and went forth. And one day later she brought unto the blessed man a sheepskin cloak, that is to say, a skin which hath been stripped off a sheep. And that blessed woman, Melania, spoke unto me concerning this sheepskin cloak, saying, I myself received this sheepskin cloak from the hands of Macarios as a blessing. And Paphnutius also spake thus, From the first day whereon he received baptism, he never spat upon the ground, and he lived for sixty years after his baptism. Now in his latter days he was beardless, and he only had a small quantity of hair upon his upper lip and upon his chin, because by reason of his excessive fasting and the abstinence of his solitary life, not even the hair of his beard would grow. I once went unto him when weariness of the ascetic life had laid hold upon me, and I said unto him, Father, what shall I do? For my thoughts vex me. And say unto me, Thou art doing no good. Get thee gone from here. And he said unto me, Say unto thy thoughts, For Christ's sake I will guard these walls. I have written for thee these few things out of a very large number concerning the life and deeds of the holy man Macarios, and concerning the solitary monks who were his companions. And everything is indeed true. I entreat all those brethren who read in this book, or who desire to take a copy therefrom, not to forget to write after this section the narrative which is found in certain of the codices at the end of the above history, which relateth unto the matters of Macarios, as if these histories had been composed by Hieronymus. But they must know that of a certainty they were composed by Palladius. For I have found the absolute ending of this book, which belonged to the histories of the matters of Macarios, with an apology and a preface, which were composed by Palladius, and addressed to Lausus the prefect. 
wherein he maketh known concerning all the various kinds of the diverse histories of men and of women which were composed by him. And I will prepare this apology and preface, and by the help of God I will write them down in the proper place. End of chapters 17 and 18